What's up, people? I'm your host, Jay Will. This is Inspire Guys People, the podcast where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Welcome to episode 194, man. Good therapy for Christians. I have a guest today. It's going to be a good one. Uh, Selena Deal, who is a licensed counselor. Uh, we're going to talk about just the idea of therapy. I know that a lot of Christians struggle with whether we should be into it or not. Like mental health is such a trending topic and things like that. But what we like to do, you know what I'm saying, is bring it in as believers and find out like how should we be thinking about this topic as believers um, and kind of leading the way with it. A lot of times we find ourselves as as Christians following the world's perspective on things. And then so we live in these extremes of like, either I'm all for it the way the world does it and it draws me away from God or like, no, I don't mess with this at all and I can't do it. So we're going to try to be level headed, deal with some nuance here today. And I'm excited to explore um, Selena deals, you know, her story and her journey through faith and business. Y'all know the goal here with these interviews is for us to find ourselves in the story. So starting with me, I like to find myself in the story and listen to her journey and find out like, man, am I her? Am I, you know, some person she met along the way? But regardless of who you are in the story, the goal is to be inspired and draw you closer to your purpose in Christ Jesus. So today we're going to talk about good therapy for Christians. Again, Selena Dill is the guest. And, you know, Selena has an impressive background. She comes from a fairly large family, not quite as large as mine. She's probably not used to hearing that. Uh, so we'll talk about her family and her background. Uh, she got her undergrad in interpersonal communications um, and also has her master's, man. And what was it in? Clinical mental health from Moody Theological Seminary. So we'll talk about her educational background as well and find out as much as we can um, about that. And y'all know how it is. Look, today, this is not mental health advice. If you are a person that is looking for personal advice, I advise you to reach out to a licensed counselor in your area. Um, if Selena happens to be in your area, which I think is what River West Chicago area, then hit her up. Otherwise, we are just sharing and talking through uh, some steps and talking about her education. But by all means, this is a serious and important topic. So as it relates to your personal um, situation, we're not here to diagnose you or anything like that. But we're going to talk about some things that hopefully you can relate to and hopefully, again, draw you closer to God. Episode 194, Good Therapy for Christians. Y'all know what time it is. Stop saying what you gonna do till you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. I can see beyond the tears you cry. And the pain you feel. I saw every hill you had to climb. Just to make it here. When you say you ain't afraid to die. Is it Yo, guys, people, we are back with my guest today, Selena Deal. How you doing today, Selena? I am doing well. That intro was crazy. I felt like it was in a movie. <laughs> That's what's up. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to have you today. Um, you know, it's it's a um, situation where I was telling you backstage, like um, virtually backstage, that, you know, I'm a fan of your social media, to be honest. Like, I follow you on Instagram. And I'm going to tell you how crazy Instagram is for me, Selena. Mm -hmm. I literally don't know that I just started following you. Have I been following you? You just start making videos again. But the algorithm brought you up recently. 
and I was reading your blog and following your content, and I'm excited to have you today. Mm. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Cool, for sure. So we talked a little bit. You know, I, I you know, hopefully, um, did a good job, um, introing you from a bio perspective. Um, mm -hmm. so I definitely want to learn about like just the the education, um, and your degrees and your experience through that. Um, but I like to start these conversations off finding out who you were before we get to who you are. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about like your childhood, your upbringing? And I leave this as an open-ended question, however you want to answer, you know, what was your reputation growing up, your family life, whatever you want to share. Can we start there? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And to be honest, I, when you, uh, told me that this was going to be a question, I was thinking, okay, how am I going to answer this? Um, so I have a very complex um, childhood, but all in all, um, God's grace was seen in it um, throughout the whole, my whole childhood. But um, long story short, so I was born and raised in the Church of God in Christ. I don't know if you're familiar with that denomination. I'm familiar uh, with every denomination. Okay. I'm from Detroit. We got it all. Oh, Y'all got it all. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cause you yeah. have the, yeah, you have the, the Clark family down there and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I was born and raised in that denomination. Um, and I come from a lineage of pastors and missionaries, evangelists, all the churchy names and all of that and all of their uh, high positions. And so, um, growing up is very interesting being a, pastor's kid and a uh, granddaughter of a pastor as well and um, me and my four brothers I have four brothers at the time and then 15 years after my life has started so when I was 15 my baby sister was born and so for 15 years I felt like I had to fight physically and mentally and emotionally to be with four brothers but mm -hmm. um, growing up with them was interesting it was fun all in all um, but I did go through some um, childhood trauma uh, within my family at a young age. And I didn't say anything until four years after the traumatic event happened. And it kind of turned everything like around on its head. And so uh, in the part of Maryland that I'm from, our family's name is very important, whatever that means. A lot of people know us and it's a small town. So that's probably part of the reason. I got you. <laughs> and so um, that felt <laughs> like our name kind of was tarnished because of something that happened within um, my family, something that I that I said. But I find God's grace because um, what I do, what I have read, what I have processed through my own counselors and whatnot is that I did the right thing so that somebody else could get to repentance. And I think for someone who's a victim of something, it's very important to know that holding someone accountable is actually the Christian thing to do. I feel like sometimes when we hear about anything happening in the church, it's like we want to uh, shelter them and hide them um, from scrutiny and give them grace and everything. But grace can be found in accountability. And so um, that's what I that's what I experienced for most of my childhood. And then after that, I went to college and um I, I dealt with that trauma in, in a way that a 19-year-old would. Um, and it was very subconscious. Uh, so it was nothing that I was fully aware of until I actually went to counseling. But I spent a lot of time by myself my last year of um, undergrad. I studied abroad in Costa Rica for about three months. 
And that's when I decided to give my life back to God. And I spent a lot of time alone first because I didn't know the language. So first of all, who am I talking to? Most of right, right. <laughs> and then second, it kind of felt like I needed to do that. And so um, I was reading a lot and I was journaling every day, which is something I was new to. And I just see through my journal entries and everything, how God was kind of drawing me close to him during that time. And um, amazingly so, after that, I was considering what the heck to do with my life after undergrad. And so I just happened to look up Christian counseling and I went to Moody Theological Seminary. Um, and I got my degree there and I haven't looked back. And it was really off of like a fluke it, from my perspective, wow. just because I just, I was not really interested in counseling. I just knew I wanted to talk to people about God in a like constructive way that felt productive and empathic. But um, it didn't start making sense until like my second or third year that I was actually there for a reason. And, and so- what, what um, helped with that? Like when- while you were there, what happened to made you like realize like I'm here for a reason? The people that saw me that I didn't see, the things that they saw that I didn't see myself, my professor and now my boss, um, she took a liking to me. And I again, I do not know why. And so she took me under her wing and she just developed me in a way and saw me and uh kind of like mentored me in a in a in a way as well I don't know if that's what she would call it but she saw me and so that kind of made me feel like okay this actually makes sense and then once the faith integration and the psych psychology came together I was like oh I actually really like this and it actually really does align the bible and psychology align those concepts align very well because God said a lot of these things first anyway and so right. that kind of gave me some courage to like, oh, okay, all of this is making sense. And I, it just was very interesting to me, I guess. Also, I think the idea too of you saying she saw you, mm -hmm. like how, how important is that to you? Like just the idea of someone seeing you, because clearly to say that, like right at that stage in your life, you couldn't necessarily see yourself or didn't see yourself mm -hmm. um, going down that path how impactful is it like just for somebody to see you like I, when you said that it's just like man like that's super important yeah absolutely to put it i can say how she physically saw me and how it all kind of um developed so we have to do like these mock counseling sessions to pass our uh our classes and i was complaining about one of my jobs um, that I had at the time in um in master in my master's uh I was like working two or three jobs at the time and I was just complaining like I'm tired of, and doing this in my master's and so um since she has to watch the videos because she grades us and I'm just being a mock client for one of my um for one of my uh other peers and so she watched it and then she emailed me and was like uh let's have coffee and so I was like, oh God, I was like, what did I do? And I wasn't like the, I was kind of, I'm kind of a clown. So I was like, am I in trouble? Cause I kind of clowning clowns. So yeah, um, she took me to coffee and she was like, do you want to be my faculty assistant? And I was like, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Cause at the time I was a waitress in Chicago and that made kind of like really good money. Um, and so I was like, well, I don't really know because I know I'm not going to get paid as much as I'm making now. And she's like, okay, think about it. And, 
and the way she said, okay, think about it, it's like the Holy Spirit already told her. And so I thought about it and I was like, I can survive off of it. It's just, it felt better and more sustainable for me to, <laughs> to be a waitress at the time. And so I took it and I feel like if I did not take that opportunity, that I would be in the position that I was in for her to see me. Um, because I could have allowed my financial stress to overtake my this actually reasonable decision where I would be less stressed out. I could actually get all of my work done and in on time. And so I kind of weighed the two and I was like, it actually makes sense. So I have a lighter load to even get into my studies and actually read the books that I was supposed to be reading instead of gotcha. skimming them and trying to pass the classes. <laughs> you know what? I feel that like, it's it's crazy, like, just to hear you say that, like, the importance of being able to see ourselves in the long term. And I think it's very easy, right, when especially, like you said, when you can when you making um, the amount of money in, that you need, that is sustaining you in the short term. But it's crazy that sometimes we got to take a step back to go forward and yeah. realize that the short term best decision is not always the the best long term yep. and look how life changing it was for you because you said that's your boss now so y'all have gone through like these different stages of student faculty assistant boss who yeah. knows where to develop you know quasi mentor however you describe it so I just think it's important like for me when I hear you say that it's just a reminder to me to always try to see not just the short term but, but mm -hmm. try to make decisions based on like where it's going to lead, what path is going to lead you down eventually. Yep. Absolutely. That's dope. Um, So I guess like we now know kind of how you got into therapy and, and I, yep. I think it's cool. Mm -hmm. The, the fact that you have this professor that you ended up becoming an assistant for and are working for just now that you've been in the business or the industry, as a believer, like, why do you think Christians are skeptical about therapy? Like, can we start there just as, as we kind of dig into this part of the conversation of like, I know that in some ways this is maybe a, in the church is like a taboo topic, maybe. Um, mm -hmm. I do think it's important. Like for me, when I saw you, I'm like, I want to talk to a believer about this mm -hmm. um, and not talk to someone who's not a part of the church. And then they kind of bash the church. Um yeah. So, so what do you think, though? Like, why do Christians struggle with the idea of therapy? I think because it is first, maybe they're viewing it as something that is combative with the spiritual element and not supportive of the spiritual element. Um, I, there has been a lot of talk about, like, you just need to to pray. And so sometimes getting help outside of God, especially mentally, because we don't do that physically with doctors. We don't, if we're sick, like we're quick to go to the doctor. If something is broken, you're going to go to the doctor. And so what about when our, our trauma and our past is, is breaking us? And yes, prayer is absolutely essential, but what about that added support? Um, and so I think that is the thing. I also think that with especially in the black community, that it's just not, it wasn't a thing. <laughs> and I think within the past, like maybe five years or so, it's really become um, a hot topic within the black community, like that we need to go to therapy, we need to heal. But I know 
Um, even when I talked to my pop up today, who I love dearly, homeboy don't get it. He's <laughs> he ain't trying to hear it. He ain't trying to hear nothing I'm talking about. That's funny. And so um, I think from that generation to my parents' generation, and now to me, that it's it's just we're having conversations about it. That is like no, both can dwell in the same place. Like we can combat things spiritually and mentally and emotionally. Like it's all a thing. I hope I answered that. Yeah, for sure. I, and I think it's a nuance. Like the question is like kind of open ended, right? Because there's yeah. so many layers. And you touched on some of the layers of like, you have the older generation that just genuinely don't understand it. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I'd be curious to see what you would hear what you think about this. But for me, I think it's because their generation was just, they were just surviving. Yeah. When I really look at like my grandparents' generation, they were surviving from where they worked at. They would work a horrible job for 46 years. Um, they were literally just trying to get food on the table. They didn't have necessarily the um, educational opportunities that we have or the opportunities to enter into the workplace. Um, so I think they were just surviving. Mm -hmm. And so for them, the idea of something that doesn't feel like survival mode can almost feel like a weakness to get help. Do, yeah. you, do you think that's accurate or, or, or am I am I off with that? I think you are spot on. Mental health wasn't a priority. And like you said, like putting food on the table was a priority, like surviving. And so in their context, it does make sense. And so I think it's a blessing that that now we can actually take time to breathe and think about like, okay, I am feeling anxious about things. Like my past is affecting me. I am feeling, you know, depressive symptoms. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. You're spot on. I think, you know, you might have a little a clinical eye in there. Oh, man. Don't tell me. Listen, don't <laughs> tell me you see me because you will get me so hyped. I I almost um, when I went to college my first year, of course, like most a lot of people, I was undecided. Mm -hmm. And it was it was actually between psychology and fashion. Um, I really like fashion and. I don't think I would have did good in that industry long term. I ended up having a fashion brand at one point and fashion is just a little too out there for me. I don't have a, mm. I'm not like a runway fashion person. I just like to dress and I like nice stuff, but, yeah. um, and I'm creative, but, um, psychology was my first choice for my major. And what happened was I had psychology 101. And unfortunately the professor I had was just like, I don't know a, a better way to say it. He was just like overly sexual, I guess. So it was like, mm. he made psychology seem like that. And that really yeah. threw me off. I was like, yo, if this is what it is, I can't rock with it. But yeah, I read a lot of psychology books. I love psychology. So mm. um, that's also another reason you are so selfishly a guest on this show. <laughs> like, Let me talk to a professional. Um, so thank you for saying that. But, you know, like, so, so that's their generation, right? They were just surviving. How do you view our generation, um, you know, assuming we're at least somewhere near the same age, but like, how do you, how do you view that next generation of like, why are we now starting to seek out therapy and, and talk about therapy? I think because if we are, as you said, in the same age range, and there's this uh, theory by a guy named Erickson that between the ages of 18 and 40, you're in a stage called intimacy versus isolation. And so 
first of all, that's the that's the longest stage that any of us have because the other ones are short shorter. And so as you can see, this one's about 22 years of your life. And so I think our generation, we're all in that stage. And we're now seeing like relationships are being affected by me not seeking out the healing that I need. Now, I don't know if it's preface with the healing that I need or like people just don't understand me. I need to talk to somebody. And so kind of having to dissect what it is. I've had a lot of um, black women come to therapy. I have no idea. They're like, yeah, my friends just said I need therapy. Like, I, I don't know. I was like, okay, well, then <laughs> that's a good start. Why did right. your friends say that? And so I think because of that stage and we're seeing that, okay, I don't want to totally isolate myself when I feel misunderstood, when someone hurts my feelings, when someone's holding me accountable and I don't really know how to take it, um, when I feel like someone has shamed me or whatever it is, I think that they we're in a generation that wants to get closer after ruptures and repair relationship rather than just be alone. Of course, there's some outliers, but that's what I'm seeing. Okay, no, I think that makes sense. And, you know, for me, what's been interesting as it's become more of a topic is like, okay, what is, how should I be viewing this as a believer, right? And that mm -hmm. was why I love your content that you uh, put out on your blog, which we'll take, uh, we'll talk about tasting, uh, tastingseagoodtherapy.com. Um, and also what you put out on Instagram, because it got my attention because it's like, it's, it's professional, it's licensed, it, you know, you're licensed, mm -hmm. like you have the credentials, but then you also have the faith. And that was, it's all faith is always a big deal to me. Like, now nah, don't get me wrong. The credentials have to be there. Mm -hmm. uh, like, but if you can add faith to the credentials, I am like my dentist. I go to a Christian dental office like they'll pray for you before. Uh, oh, come on now. Anything like it's uh, the most amazing yes. place I've ever been. I'd be leaving the dentist feeling like I was just in worship. Like this, this the vibe in here is just like all guys. So but yeah. my point is, like, as we. Like as we are starting to explore it more, I think it's so important for it to be founded on the word of God. And you said something earlier. You said that as you started studying psychology more and more, you realize that like God said this first and yeah. there's a biblical implication to this. Can you just talk a little more about that? Like for the Christians out there who see it as something that is not of God, like mm -hmm. this is actually biblical principle um, at its finest in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> one of the first things that I noticed is that for one of the studies that I was doing or a paper or whatever it was, that to ease anxiety, um, we have to implement gratitude. And I was like, isn't that in like Philippians or Ephesians, wow. whatever, whatever scripture it is, it's like be anxious for nothing, but instead, say thank you, like with supplication and no, prayer. And so I was like, pray. yes. And I was like, okay, so, okay, God said that first, like, okay, through Paul. And so then um, other concepts, just like um, my series that I just came out of, so that's probably what's fresh on my mind, but the all or nothing series that I, I'm kind of completing right now is that from the beginning, I see that we were in spiritual warfare with uh, shame and pride from the beginning because of how the enemy tempted Adam and Eve. He said that, you know, you can be like God if you eat this fruit, which is the all mentality. Like, 
I want to have it all. And that's, I of course, I don't know what Eve is thinking, but there was nothing else she was interested in. He didn't talk about the taste of the fruit or anything like that. This is going to be the best fruit that you ever had in your life. But no, instead, it was like, you will be like God. And he said, no, you won't die. So maybe she was like, okay, I'm not going to die and I'll be like God. That sounds like a good trade-off to me. Take the bite of the fruit. Total opposite thing happens. Now they are hiding in shame. And I was like, and then all or nothing thinking is a cognitive distortion that we struggle with as a society. And that's another mental health concept. But it's something, if we, like you said, having, being a believer, I look through mental health things as a, in a, a faith-centered lens first. And so when I, when I see that, I'm like, this is actually crazy that this is a cognitive distortion and yet we were struggling with that from the beginning. And I, I would rather us kind of learn from what we see in the Bible. We don't have to reenact everything. Like we, we really don't, like we're right. not supposed to, first right. of all. Um, and so um, those, those two things really stick out to me right now when I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure there's more, even with something like in Matthew, when God is talking about get the speck get the log out of your eye before you try to get the speck out of someone else's. Yeah. Um, that's accountability. And so we talk about doing that as well. And then we also talk about having conversations and the Bible also gives you a whole transcript on how to handle conflict. And that's the same kind of transcript we use for mediation and stuff with people. It's like, you go to them privately. If that doesn't work, then bring somebody else in there. If that doesn't work, bring somebody from the church. If that doesn't work, then you've done what you can. You have permission to cut this person off. And so it's kind of, it was just crazy to me. Those are the three. I'm done talking. Yeah, no, no, that's good stuff. And what's dope about that to me is like, I went through the same thing in business, right? So, you know, as a person that um, works in business and reads a lot of business books, um, talks a lot about finances and money, honestly, no lie, like the thing that got me like right financially and like taking care of my credit and stuff. It was the mm -hmm. Bible. It was because I was reading these scriptures, like work hard and become a leader, be lazy and become a slave. The, the parable of the talents, Matthew chapter 25 verses 14 through 30. I'm reading all this stuff and I'm like, wait a minute. So the Bible mm -hmm. is literally telling me to do stuff. And then I go read it thinking grow rich or, you know, <laughs> the shark tank book or some Damon John book. And I'm like, yep. All these are are reinforcing biblical principles. And unfortunately, there are so many times that the world is actually becoming successful by using biblical principles, even though yeah. they don't even read the Bible or believe in God. And then you have people who believe in God and go to church every week and say they love God and shout and scream and don't actually apply the principles because I think there is something within us that wants to just follow our emotions. Mm -hmm. And I don't, again, I don't know how you would feel about that, but like when I, I was reading your blog, this all or nothing series, and you talked about nuance. And I really like anyone who listens to this show knows that nuance, that's one of my favorite words and concepts and ideas is the fact that like, you cannot be an extremist mm. and you've touched on it, but I want to hear you like, if we can unpack it a little more, like why it's, not healthy for us to live in the extreme. And, and I think it's because I at least think the reason we want to is emotional. 
um, because we just want to do what we feel like, whether it's right or wrong. And we think just acting out those feelings like is we going to get off on that and feel better. But it, it doesn't really help us. But can you unpack that that mm-hmm. extremist uh, mentality a little more and maybe why we should consider dealing in nuance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, Adam and Eve, they were in the extreme from the beginning. Um, and so what I believe it is, is exactly what you touched on emotions and going off of how we feel. And the Bible touches on that too. And there, again, there's another thing called dialectical behavioral therapy, where we want to slow down the person and to actually evaluate, what do you see? Okay, how can you feel about that? Instead of what we see a lot of times today is how do you feel? Go with that. And it's like, wait, no, 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 no. Because I feel so many things in one day. It's not even funny. Like I just started with a trainer maybe three months. I never, ever feel like eating healthy. I I don't want to eat cauliflower rice. I don't (laughs) want to eat greens in the morning. I never feel like doing that. I always feel like pancakes and bacon. I can tell you, I will never not feel that way. And yet, if we want to get somewhere that is going to be sustainable and helpful and nourishing to us, then we can't always go based off how we feel, but instead, what is in front of us? What is the goal? What's the outcome that I want to have? Okay, let me go with that instead. But it really does take work to pause and consider what is in front of you, but we, we have to work on that. That's like a muscle that we constantly, constantly have to build on. You know what? I could not agree more with the fact that we need to slow it down sometimes. Yeah. And all right. So I'll be a little transparent like last year. So I am, you know, I'm pretty much a, I'm a pretty men, pretty much mentally strong type person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm usually the person kind of helping people. Um, get out of situations. And last year, man, it was just last year I hit a wall, maybe mid year that I had never hit before, at least as an adult. Like I had never remembered feeling like this. And the crazy thing about it was I was having a successful year. So this was a a really weird, like kind of thing. But I, I think part of it for me was you got the, you know, the pandemic came mm-hmm. and you know, I did like uh, in my corporate role, I, I changed jobs like three times. I was blessed with some promotions. I did some laterals, but took on some big assignments. And really, like for three years, I was kind of just going, but going in a new environment of like working from home, not traveling as much as I used to. And I think I hit this weird spot where I didn't know how I felt and I didn't know how to feel. Mm-hmm. And it was t- I'm just being honest. It was really tough for me to kind of get out of that space, but seeing that weakness in myself, not, okay, let me be clear about this. I have a lot of weaknesses, but mm-hmm. in this particular way, I hadn't even seen myself like this before. Um, and I, it's something that has made me more empathetic and looking at other people's situations and something that's made me want to explore this topic more and understand this topic more, because I think it's so easy. Like I said about the generation before me, like to be survivors, and to be a strong person and then go to the other extreme of when you're not doing well to like want to just move fast. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, what I did was like last year, you know, I, I speak at church. I used to speak every month. Last year, I kind of like, I don't want to say refuse, but I was like, I don't want to do it. I may, I may have spoken once at church last year. And that was part of me slowing down, which is the reason why I went into this long story. Sorry. But it was just the, it was like, I was telling people like, sometimes like when you know, you know you and you might just need to chill. And that was what I mm. needed. But yep. Selena, like the people around me didn't necessarily understand that. And one thing I've learned is that people will always want to push you into fast forward mode. So I think it takes a lot of discipline to actually be able to kind of chill and sit back and, and, and I forgot the medical term that you use for it or the professional term, but um, to slow down is super important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so when we're thinking about <clears throat> the extremes, it's very easy. And it sounds like from your situation as well, if I don't see what I fit, where I feel like I should be or where I want to be, I feel some type of way about myself. And usually that is a, what I like to categorize as like a low energy, unpleasant emotion. And the low energy emotions, I feel like it's easy to categorize them that way because we know when we don't feel like doing anything, like, yeah, like I'm sad. Like we never are energetic when we're sad. I've never seen a sad person like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to like go and run or something. That's um, but <laughs> so when we feel that way, so it's if you're looking at what you want or what you want to feel like and you're not there, and then the extreme is now like, okay, well, now I'm nothing because I don't measure up to whatever it is. But then when you, I'm wondering from your situation, when you did speak and you get like those endorphins from people saying, good job, and you feel good about your message, now you have the high energy, pleasant emotion, like joyous and like, you're like, okay, awesome. Like I can go and conquer the world. And so I want us to have more of a like a centered approach, like, regardless of if I see something that I'm like, I want to get there, just know like I can get there if I want to get there. And if God has that for me. And on the other hand, when I do well, that's all it means is like I did well. It doesn't mean I'm better than anyone. It doesn't mean I'm the greatest speaker of all time. I just did well. And so I feel like if we were more balanced and if we, if we thought about it a little bit more and took the time, then we would live a, a better life because these extremes are just, exhausting after after some time that's a good way to put it extremes are exhausting and you know like you said when you when you do like it's funny when you live in that in that balance you you can handle both situations better because like for people who and that, that was what i didn't want to do like i didn't the reason i slowed down was like i did not want to be dependent on those feelings of like, mm. hey, you're doing a good job or whatever, or kind of like what I call being a slave to the stage of like, I didn't want to be a slave to the stage or like not have an identity out of not being in front of people and being a person talking. And yep. sometimes it's like, man, I might need to sit down and receive. And, and I knew that I was in a place where I just needed to like kind of chill for a minute. Um, and it's funny, like there are so many um, kind of, correlations with with business for me because I remember when you know I grew up you know poverty is such a strong word I did poverty is a mindset but you know I grew up in the hood just typical kind of lifestyle you expect east side of Detroit and I remember just wanting things 
You know, when you grow up in poverty, like you, one of the biggest aspects is you can't get everything everyone else can get. You know, you look mm -hmm. at things and that's why when Christmas comes up, parents like spend all their money to prove like, I want my kids to have what all the other kids have. And the funny thing, and I'm not trying to act like, look, I, when I talk about success or, or things like that, it's levels to it, you know, like, so I never, I try to always balance people on, cause you'll say you, you could talk in a way publicly where people think like they trying to guess where you at, but I just mm -hmm. say like whatever measure of success that I experienced, the more that I got, the more I realized what it wasn't and mm -hmm. what it was like mm -hmm. oh it's just a car like you can't <laughs> you can't even bring it in the house yeah <laughs> when you think about a car it's like it's outside <laughs> it's in the garage like you can't even it can't come in the house like is you know you don't so so I, I love the the fact that that you pointed that out like when we live in that balance that it allows us to kind of you know take everything you know on both sides in um the good and yeah. the bad so yeah um Selena, can we talk a little bit about um, tasteandseegoodtherapy.com? You know, this you describe it as a blog for Christians by Christian professionals. So I, I'd love to hear like what what made you start this blog and kind of like the purpose behind it. And I advise everyone, um, I should say this, that all of your information will be in the description of the show for those listening on YouTube or Apple Podcasts. Spotify, all of those places. Really, the only place that's not in there is Facebook because they don't have like the description section. But, um, you know, can you tell us like why did you start this blog and what people can kind of expect from it? I personally, I'm endorsing it already. I think it's a dope mm -hmm. blog. I've already started yeah. reading it and enjoying everything that I've read so far. Yeah. So believe it or not, um, I started this about... Mm, six months after I graduated. And the reason was, was because I was feeling, after you graduate, I feel like any level of school, you're exhausted. But after you're done, it's like, wait, am I just gonna, after work, am I just gonna come home and do nothing? Cause we're just so used to like doing homework or preparing for a project or whatever. And so I low key started getting depressed. I was like, wait, like, I'm sad because I don't have nothing to do. Man. And so I wanted to kind of discern what would be helpful for me. And what also, uh, it was more, it's more so about me. It, it was selfish. The intent was selfish at first. I was like, I think I want to do like a blog or something. Because um, I really enjoyed the writing aspect. And I felt like there wasn't a lot of conversation around faith and mental health. And that's what my favorite thing is. And so I was like, you know, I just make a blog about faith and mental health. And so the ideas, I feel like it was the Holy Spirit, like I, ideas just started coming for the name and everything. And I heard Taste and See on a song, on a Maverick City song. It was like ad libs. And I was like, yo, Taste and See is low key kind of fire. But I was yeah. like, but what else, what else would I call it? So Taste and See, good therapy. And the whole point is Taste and See that the Lord is good. And guess what? Therapy can be a part of you seeing his goodness. And I want everyone to know that. And that was the heart behind, that was the heart behind it, is that I want everyone to see Taste and See. That's dope. Um, so tasteandseegoodtherapy.com, y'all make sure y'all check that out. Selena, I got a question about who should seek therapy. And I want to ask it a specific way, though. I want to go a little deeper. I think even even in your story, when you when you talked about it, right, when we think of 
therapy, a lot of times we think of trauma. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I want to, I guess, inquire outside of trauma because mm-hmm. I look at trauma as like a car where the engine has blown out. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, if you only take the car to the mechanic when the engine is blown out, like that's, that's a much deeper situation. Right. But, you mm-hmm. know, we get oil changes and tire rotations and there fluid checks. There's a lot of things you could do in the meantime on your car, you know, preventative maintenance, if you will. So I'm just curious, you know, who else outside of someone who's gone through some trauma should be seeking therapy and um, who could it benefit um, to look into it? Because I think sometimes we only think about it as this thing you do when life is just at its worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think any stages of life that require adjustment, which we all go through it. And for example, you just got into a new relationship and you're finding out it's a little harder than what you expected. You can talk to somebody about that. Um, If someone, if you lost someone that you loved, you can talk to someone about that. Um, If you bought a new home, you can talk to someone about that. Um, If you're experiencing anxiety. And so I think anxiety is a, a buzzword, but if you're often feeling on edge about most things in life, you can talk to somebody about that. And if you see that it's affecting your physical health, I feel like sometimes um, what I see is that people go to the doctor and say that they're being affected by stress and anxiety. And then they come to therapy like, yeah, my doctor said, you know, my something's going on with my stomach or, you know, this pain in my in my back and my neck is from stress and anxiety. So just wanted to see what, you know, what I could do to like kind of alleviate that. And so it's really about if you feel like, hmm, maybe I can just talk to somebody about it. that's literally all it has to be. And like you said, if we're going with the car analogy, and I'll keep going with that, okay. it's just like maintenance over time. Like I don't get an oil change when my brakes start really messing up. It's like a routine thing. Like, okay, it's it's about that time. Right. Um, and so I think everybody should experience it. And even I see people who aren't Christians as well. And that's important to like let people know, like even though I'm a Christian who is a therapist, I don't have to implement faith integration into our sessions if you don't want to. Even if you are a Christian, you're like, kind of don't want to talk about, you know, the Bible and yeah. stuff like that. I, I, I respect everybody's wishes. And I don't expect everybody to get saved when they when they talk to me. But I do think that everybody could could heal from something. And so if you went through a breakup, like it's just all a lot of life adjustments. I feel like healing, if there's a place in your life that you feel like needs to be healed, um, then I think counseling is for you. Life adjustments. I love that because that's a constant, right? And yeah. even for me, an example that I gave, like that's a lot of what it was, is like there was some life adjustments um, that I was going through last year. And some of them were, like I said, a lot of them were positive, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know, like I felt myself you ever feel yourself changing? Yep. Like, is that weird to say? Like, I can feel myself changing. And it's like, sometimes change is so weird because even when it's for the better, because part of it is leaving something. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like you're mm-hmm. leaving some piece of you or yep. even getting over what people might think of you. Because one of the things for me is like, 
I've got I've been through so many stages in life is like probably ridiculous. But, you know, I, you said you were a clown. I was a class clown in high school. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this may be something you can relate to. When I was a class clown in high school, it could be five years after I graduated. If I run into somebody in a mall, literally, this is what most people would say to me. Like, hey, man, you still funny? I'm like, I mean, yeah, but like 23 funny ain't 18 funny. Like 30 funny ain't like I'm not at work in a class. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, in a class, I was a fool. Like I'm not mm -hmm. at work like, yo, dog. <laughs> like, like, no, I'm a business professional. So one of the things for me was like at different stages, Selena, I had to allow myself to change. Mm. Whereas like, yo, it's cool for you not to be like, you're not a comedian. You don't make money off that. So it's cool for you to grow into become a businessman. And so I just, when you talk about life adjustments, I'm saying that because I know there are people out there who yeah. go through life adjustments and may not realize like, yo, you might need to chill and sit back and, and talk to someone professional um, so that to, to help get you through it. Now, you also said something super important that I think is nuanced. And it's the idea, like you said, like, hey, I'm a Christian, but even if you're a Christian and you don't like this doesn't have to be church. Yep. And I don't know how you feel about this, Selena, but I, I do think as believers, one of the one of the reasons that we should seek, you know, education and learning and, and, and growing in literacy is so that we it gives us balance even in our faith. Because mm -hmm. I think that extreme that we're talking about, some of us could be so extreme with our faith that we don't even know how to be like just a normal person and Absolutely. connect with people at a normal level. So I'm curious to like, do you have you ever had any challenges in your profession as a believer? Or have you ever struggled through anything like that where you're like trying to figure out the balance of being a believer mm -hmm. and being a professional or, or did that come easy for you? <clears throat> So with my education being at Moody, we we have theological classes that we have to take and everything like that. But um, all of our professors made it known that it is an ethical obligation to not put your own beliefs on your clients. And so um, a lot of people are like, oh, no, I can't do that. And so I was like, well, I had a life prior to this. So I kind of know the importance of not doing that. And I also know like where I was and I probably didn't need to be preached at every session, but instead understood any like, and understood period. It didn't have to come from a biblical lens. And so have I found it difficult? You know, to be honest with you, people who are not Christ followers, sometimes when they're going through something, it breaks my heart that they don't know God. And I'm like, man, just ask me a question because that's when I can open it up. Um, but I know that the healing that they're going to receive has a limit because it's not going to involve the spiritual component. And so, um, my heart breaks for those clients. Um, and so that's where I find it difficult, but I know the power of prayer and I know that I'm not, I'm not the end all be all for this person. They may encounter someone else, um, that knows Jesus that will be able to impart something that I'm not able to. And so I just have all of the belief in God that he's going to do whatever he wants to do in this person's life, regardless of my limitations ethically. I love it. Um, who do 
therapists go for therapy? Like who, like, not, I don't mean that literally, like tell me who your therapist is, but I just mean <laughs> like, generally speaking, how do you think through like, you know, choosing a therapist and then a follow-up to that is like, I guess, d is there ever a challenge because you're a does your profession ever get in your way of receiving that therapy? Of like, mm. almost like you want to be your own therapist. Like, oh, I know what I'm supposed to say. Or I know what you're supposed to say to this. Or can you just talk about that dynamic a little bit? Yeah, I have a counselor. Uh, I've been in therapy for about two to about three years now. And we, the funny thing is that we have to, not funny, but we need to work through our own things in order to see our clients fully. We, we only have a limit when we haven't gone through our own healing. Because I what I believe wholeheartedly is that whatever a person is dealing with, we cannot be empathetic if we have not gone through a similar process. Or it's hard to be empathetic because we want our clients to, if we say, you said you wanted to change, why aren't you making these changes? And then once you sit in the counseling, uh, the client seat, you're like, oh, because it's hard to, to be committed to change. And so it, it allows us to be more empathetic, more patient with our clients. I think it's, it's vital for us to have experienced counseling in a season or actively while we're seeing our own clients because it's just going to make us better counselors in general. And, you know, honestly, Jermaine, I cannot be my own therapist because when it comes to my own life, I need insight. And I need someone else to, t to give me a different perspective because I'm not the end all be all. Of course, I know clinically all these things and faith integration, I know all, all of these things, but the application sometimes has to come from someone saying it to you. You know how like growing up, your parents would say something to you, you'd be like, nah, I'm not listening to you. But someone else would say, you'd be like, you know what, that was really good. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of that kind of relationship. No, I, I I agree with that. Is you know this is super random. You may not even be able to see where my mind is going with this. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. but it popped in my mind, so I'm gonna say it. It reminds me like if you ever watch like an action movie, like I think of like Fast and Furious. Let's say like in every action movie, the main guy is going to get like grazed or shot or something like that. Right? He's mm -hmm. going to end up in a hotel room, like doing his own. Yes. Uh, stitches i'm like bro that's not like you know what i'm saying and i think yes. that's what i thought of like the fact that like yo i'm not trying to be my own therapist because at the mm. end of the day as cool as it looks you know what i mean i, I would love to be in a movie like i got this yeah. thing where i want to be in a movie so i could see myself as like the the guy the action hero guy because i know they're gonna it'll be just ridiculous and i just want to see myself in that role like in the hotel yep. room like i got <laughs> shot and i'm like walking for 30 extra minutes. It's like hilarious, but that's what I pictured when you describe like, yo, I'm not trying to be my own therapist because we all do need people. And it's funny too, the other thing you said, not funny, but like you talked about how you have to heal before, you know, you can help your clients um, see themselves fully. And that literally makes me think about the scripture that you, you know, kind of alluded to about getting the log out of our own eyes. Yeah. Um, you know, is it the log or the beam? I always mix up the order, but you know, before mm -hmm. we get the beam out of someone else's. And I think um, that's an important thing to point out is that we are all human. Right. Yep. And that's something having this show, Selena, whenever you are 
um, at the forefront or, you know, if you grow or like, again, we talk a lot about success and things. And I love kind of bringing that down to earth aspect to this show of like, we are literally all human. So we are all on this journey together, regardless of what my profession is. It doesn't make me the expert because yep. we all honor God. Like, so um, I think that's dope. Selena, this has been um, really amazing. I've enjoyed um, kind of talking to you. I want to ask you one more question before yeah. we get out of here. Um, and that is, who or what inspires you? Who or what inspires me? And it don't have to be God. We know God inspires you. You know. Yeah, saying? that's a given. That's a given. <laughs> right. um, I would say, honestly, my pop-up. I know I mentioned him earlier and he doesn't really get the concept of my my profession. But man, he has walked with God. He is the most wise person. Every time I talk to him, um, he always dropping little nuggets. And he's been pastoring and preaching for, at this point, he's 76, uh, probably 50 something years. Cause I think he took over his dad's church when he was 20 something because his dad passed away. Oh. And I asked him a question about the Bible. He says, you know what? Without me studying, and then like went on this whole deep. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so, sermon. yes, a whole sermon. And so I would say that my pop-up inspires me because I see God's goodness reaching into his generation and mine, even though we don't get one another on some levels. Um, there is a connection that God just gives us to, to one another. And he really is um, my best friend. My mom, mom passed away about two years ago. Um, but the, yeah, but those two, man, those, those are my favorite people in the world. And so I would say my pop-up, um, especially, and my baby sister, she's just always just, she's an old lady at 12 years <laughs> old, but I love her. <laughs> I love it. Um, but before I get you out of here, one thing um, mm -hmm. I did want to ask you, for, for someone who is looking to find a therapist, and I know you're, you know, in the area that you're in, but mm -hmm. where should a person start? Especially, like, let's say I'm a person, I'm like, I specifically want to have a Christian therapist. I don't know if that's good or not, or um, if that's, if someone's able to find that, but where can, where can someone start regardless of where they're, they're at um, mm -hmm. in, in looking for a quality therapist? Yeah, so there is a great, um, database on psychology today that you can use and you can filter it to look for a Christian therapist. And I would highly suggest um, getting a consultation, also a free consultation prior to meeting with them. Um, because when I was looking for a therapist, um, there's some people that do say Christian. Um, but once you start asking them some questions, it's not yeah. that, of course, I don't know what their faith looks like, but um certain words you can kind of pick up. Oh, trust me. Like <laughs> I'll say this, like, you know, as I'm, sometimes I reach out to people to be guests on this show. Like I reached out to you. Yeah. Sometimes people reach out to me and it's like, you know, it's like, there's a, there's something specific yes. that I'm looking for. And you can tell sometimes when it's like, you know, like you said, you're not trying to judge nobody, but it's just kind of like calling a spade a spade and, and trying to make better, your best decision for yourself. So, Totally get that. Psychologytoday.com um, and try to filter through and look for um, a therapist that has the qualities that you need. Uh, this yep. has um, been a great conversation with Selena Deal. Thank you so much, Selena. And um, stay in touch, man. I, I, 
I say that a lot to people on here. I don't want the listeners to think I'm just saying that to everybody. It's <laughs> like, but man, I get blessed to meet some really cool people. So I'm going to keep in touch with your blog. And um, I, I think we're IG friends, but anything you ever need from me, please feel free to reach out. And I hope you have an amazing night. All right. Thank you so much for having me, Jermaine. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thanks. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Selena Deal. Hopefully y'all enjoyed that conversation. She is a licensed counselor um, in the River West Chicago area. So if you're in that area, definitely check her out. Um, check her out on Instagram. And also her blog is tastingseagoodtherapy.com. Uh, like I said, I've started to read her blog and I think it is actually amazing. Um, hopefully, I, there's a couple things I want to kick it about um, before we jump out of here. Hopefully this helped, at least as a beginning, a starting point for the conversation around, you know, a Christian and how we should think about therapy. And I know it's not necessarily an easy topic for everyone. Um, so hopefully we did it justice, at least um, to peel back the first layer. A couple of key things that I took away is, you know, and I had already started reading her All or Nothing series. I advise you to check it out. This idea of being an extremist, this is something we talked about on this show a hundred times like there's nuance to life there are gray areas to life and when you a person that are that is controlled by your emotions what i'm learning is that it doesn't matter if it's mentally physically financially spiritually when you are controlled by your emotions and acting out of order and out of control and you know thinking that you justifying it for whatever reason it never works out for you in the end because life just doesn't work like that. You don't actually solve problems by being out of control. You know, the best example I have for you is think about a president of the United States of America. We've had many tragedies throughout the history of this country. And the leader of the free world, I'm always amazed at this, has to get up and stand at a podium with a microphone and calmly deliver a speech to the to the rest of the country letting people know it'll be all right that is amazing to me when a president has that poise because the situation is crazy imagine if the president came up like oh my god oh we i gotta get out of here i don't it's like you would be like hey bro if if the president did that we would be so scared we i'm running out no it's like american people I know today we lost many of our own and we had a situation and da, 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 but we're going to fight through this. We're going to stand together. That is not an extremist. That is someone who's composed and disciplined um, in a traumatic situation. So I just encourage you to really um, take heed to that in your own life. I'm definitely trying to do that as well. And uh, Angie, what's up, sister? Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed um, the segment. Lydia, thank you for the comments. Lola, what up? Appreciate everybody who jumped in there. Another thing I want to point out um, that she talked about was kind of this importance. Like with, with Adam and Eve, she said something. She said it wasn't even the taste of the fruit. Y'all realize how much? Like, I never even thought about this. I never thought about that in my life. The serpent went to Eve, right? And it's the crazy thing about the devil. He didn't go to Adam. He went to Eve, right? So the enemy knows when he's going behind the back and trying to influence and 
trying to like do things. It's like, no, I'm going to get the Eve. I'm going to get her ear. And sold her on something. Like fruit is about the taste. You know what I'm saying? Like you like apples, you like oranges. It's about the taste. And the crazy thing about it was that the enemy didn't even sell her on the taste. He sold her on something completely left field that tapped into her emotions. He sold her on something spiritual and something deeper. And so my point is when we live in the extreme like that and when we are out of control people, the enemy is able to take advantage of us. He's able to see that weakness and get you off, you know, off your um, post. And so I just thought that was interesting. Like, wow, Eve, like Eve was on something that didn't even have to tell. At least, I mean, if you're going to sell me on some chicken, at least let it be that you're telling me the chicken good, you know. Um, but I think we have this deeper desire sometimes to rebel. Um, you feel me, Angie? I thought that was an amazing point when she made that. Like, but we have a deeper desire sometimes um, to, to rebel. And, you know, she talked about, hey, Therapy is something you should seek for, you know, the adjustment stages in your life, any stage in your life that requires adjustment. And I know sometimes I tell y'all like this, sometimes like we think that, oh, I don't need I don't need no therapy because, you know, I got my cousin. My cousin talked to me. Well, your cousin I was about to say something crazy. You know, I got to catch myself sometimes on this show. I was about to, y'all know me. Like, that's when the class clown is still in there. I was about to go on a whole tangent about how your husband, your husband, how your cousin is a C student. I don't want no C student therapy advice. I need to see your grades. The thing about going to professionals, listen, y'all, I'm not saying being a professional always make you better. But when I could find a good quality professional, uh, I'm sorry, I, I want that over an amateur. I know we go to our uncles to get our brakes fixed and, and to do our oil changes. But sometimes we got to graduate from just going to Uncle Uncle John to fix the brakes. You need to go over to uh, Mako or, or, or Midas or one of these brake shops um, that, that actually went to school to do brakes. That's why you can't stop. You you sliding like it's ice and it's dry outside. Anyway, all right, what else did we talk about? Um, what else do I want to call out? Man, I thought it was dope that she uh she decided to um get serious about God while she was in Costa Rica. What that made me think about was there are times in our lives where we just got to get away. You know what I mean? And look, wherever you are in your life, whoever you are, um, just know that God can use things like therapy, things like business, financial advisors, doctors. Um, God can use professionals. And I think some of us struggle with the idea of God using a professional uh, because we have the extreme thinking that we don't need none of that because we just got God. What you're not realizing is God is using them. If they're a believer and if they have the Holy Spirit, plus they have some education, then God can use them. Here's how I'll explain it to you. You don't want, would you prefer a professional race car driver to drive you to uh, to the hospital for an emergency or your 16-year-old uh, son? I'm going to go with the pro race car driver because they're a professional and they have learned how to drive. The thing about professionals is simply that they have learned and experienced. And it doesn't mean every professional is a good professional. 
but a good professional to me is better than a average, you know, amateur. So um, hopefully you enjoyed today's show. This is episode 194, Good Therapy for Christians. Um, I've enjoyed having this conversation. Thank you again to our guest, Selena Deal, uh, for coming in as a licensed counselor and walking us through this conversation. And look, man, we got more interviews coming. Uh, dropped an interview yesterday with Cap Chatfield. So please check out the shows. Um, what was I going to say? Subscribe. I can talk. Look, I almost couldn't even. I can talk, people. Subscribe on YouTube, man, if you enjoy it. And if this um, content has inspired you, if this inter interview has inspired you, check out at Inspire Guys People on YouTube or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Just type in Inspire Guys People on Google and you will find Inspire Guys People everywhere that we are because we are everywhere. But check out YouTube for the daily inspiration videos. Um, that's where I upload the absolute most content. And that is the focal. All right. It's over. Podcast over. I'm done. I, I'm done. I can't talk, people. Listen, this has been an amazing, amazing, amazing. Stop saying what you going to do till you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. I can see beyond the tears you cry and the pain you feel. I saw every hill you had to climb just to make it here. When you say you ain't a